Hello and welcome to the Lights on the Screen podcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and joining me as always after two weeks is Taylor. How are you? I am good, I think. <laughs> I... Yeah, I, that's a, that's about all I got for you. I, <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been a long week for a lot of reasons. <laughs> the movies we've watched, for the most part, have not been easy watches. <laughs> so my brain is a little, it's a little all over the place. But I'm here, I'm ready to record, ready to do this. If I start crying, at least people can't <laughs> see me, so that's good. <laughs> That's about all. That's all I can promise at this point. <laughs> and that laugh you can hear is, of course, Elena. How are you? I'm great. I'm ready to talk about some movies. I'm in my last week of uni for the trimester and I'm just, let's just do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, of course, we weren't here last week as uh, Taylor's parents were here. So we were yes. we, we were off vacationing for a week. We were jet for you guys I know. all over Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it wasn't in the in the end. They took I think nine flights between getting Holy here, flying shit. around. Yeah, yeah, getting here and getting back. We ended up taking about nine flights. So well, we, well, we no, we took two le- of oh, four. four less. We took four. Yeah, so which was a whole lot of. We were all over the place doing a lot of things. <laughs> they did the typical tourist thing where they came in and have now seen more of the country than the people that live here. <laughs> like, because when you live somewhere, you don't actually go do any of the things. No. So yeah. now, like, that's they've got that going for them. So, yeah. you know. Well, they saw more of the country in the, well, most of the country, pretty much every, all of the country that, that you have seen in the lake. Except for we didn't go yeah. to Melbourne. Except Melbourne. We didn't do Melbourne. Yeah. But we did Cairns and we did Sydney. And it was yeah. really fun. Yeah, it was, it was a really good time. Good. It was a good, exhausting 10 days. It was. <laughs> Lovely. What have you done for the last uh I've been working. Weeks? So, <laughs> <laughs> pump all of you. <laughs> Well, Working, uni, yeah. doesn't stop, but it's okay. Don't worry, you can rub it in it's our faces grind. in July. Exactly. When I'm in Greece, <laughs> you can all suck it. <laughs> all right. This week, we will be catching up on the three major films that uh, we missed and that have released since our last episode. We will, be, of course, be talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, Steven Soderbergh's Return to the Cinema Screen with Magic Mike's Last Dance, and our final Best Picture-nominated film. It's the last one all of us had seen, mm-hmm. and that in Women Talking. But before we get into that, Elena, what have you been watching this week? Honestly, not much because, like I said, uni and also Married at First Sight is back, baby. Oh, God. So <laughs> that consumes like four of my days of the week. Um, and um, Although I'm going to be bad when football's back. so Yeah, this is my football. This is my Super Bowl. Um, but besides that, I kind of was trying to watch like – prepare for the new releases like Knock at the Cabin and Magic Mike because I had never seen the Magic Mike movies. So I watched both of those. Um, they're fine. I like, actually didn't really rate the second one, uh, okay. which is very unpopular opinion. But I don't know. I, everyone was like, it's just fun. And I, I, I was just bored and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. Um, but the first one I really liked. Um, and bless you. And actually kind of enjoyed having the like storyline and drama as opposed to the second one just kind of like does whatever but that's just my opinion <laughs> bless you again are you gonna be, <laughs> are you gonna survive this i don't know because uh, i keep having attacks and it's great my <laughs> last it. couple of days have been like i thought i'm gonna have to yeah. cut your nose off <laughs> yeah it's been fun amazing um but then yeah i wanted to watch 
a bunch of like Shyamalan movies before Knock at the Cabin, but that was just not going to happen. So I at least watched The Sixth Sense. I had never seen it before. Um, I called the ending in like 30 minutes, which I was really <laughs> That's proud right. of. That's right. You had never, you, ne- you were the, like the one who didn't know the ending. Yeah. That's right. So, but okay. I knew that I see dead people. Yeah. So I had that in my mind before going in. So I'll say that. And my mom was like, tell me when you figure it out. And like, I told her and then she asked how long I was into the movie. And I was like, oh, like 25, 30 minutes. And she was just like baffled. She was like, how the fuck did you do that? But I think knowing that quote, I was like, "Mm, I'm I'm sensing something here. Um, But no, yeah, I really loved it. And between this and Knock at the Cabin, I've only seen Glass and Split, I think, of his movies. So I really want to explore his other movies now. But that's basically kind of it, besides a few other random things that aren't worth mentioning. But yeah. Taylor? Yeah, so I watched Magic Mike XXL last time we talked on the podcast i had watched the first one so i watched the second one um which i had fun with like i'm part of the normie crowd that likes the second one better that's fine i don't really i mean when i say i like better i don't really rate any of these movies very very highly i'm like a disgrace to the female population with my opinions on these movies but so i watched that um i watched shotgun wedding which Mm. I had way, way too much fun Same. with. Like, it was, <laughs> I just thought it was fun. It knew how ridiculous it was. Like, this is, it had the vibe that I wanted to get to paradise to have. Like, to me, to get to paradise took itself way too, like, seriously and just wasn't vibing. This one was just like, nope, we know that this is just nonsense, like, fun, crazy. And the chemistry is really good. Like, the cast is funny. So, Shotgun Wedding, I would recommend if you just want a good time. Um, I also watched uh, Pamela, A Love Story, which is the Pamela Anderson documentary that's on Netflix now. And um, it's pretty rough. Like, it's a very good documentary, but it's pretty rough if you don't want to just be angry at Hollywood and the media for, like, however long it is, an hour and some change. Like, I didn't really grow up with Pamela Anderson just because... Like, Baywatch and everything was that little bit before, Mm. you know, my time. And then by the time I was really getting into it, she was kind of just known for, like, her reputation rather than any work that she was actually doing. And watching this documentary showed me why that is. Mm. Because Hollywood and the media basically chewed her up and spit her out and didn't let her have a career by the time that I was around to watch anything. Um, But it's, it's a really tough documentary to documentary to watch especially with where we all are now like in the reckoning of how hollywood has treated and still treats women like it's really really tough to watch um she is probably like one of the most just like genuine people who just wanted to like be an actress and like Mm -hmm. like wasn't in it for like fame didn't you know, book her first gig in Playboy because she was trying to, like, it just kind of happened, and she was like, I can have fun with this, and it just seems like she had such that, like, zest for life, or she did, and she's starting to get it back now, but for such a long time, it was just, like, the way that the world decided we were going to treat her and what her reputation was going to be, and, like, just, ugh, it just made me sit here and go, I cannot believe, well, I can believe 
but I wish that I couldn't believe that we had that fucking Pam and Tommy shit show from Hulu that mm. like it just makes me so angry. I haven't watched it because I didn't have an interest in it, even though Lily James looks great and looks the part. I would just after watching this, like they show her and her sons reacting to getting the news that the show's being made and like bringing up all kinds of trauma that she hadn't had to think about in a really long time. So I would encourage people to check it out, but just know what you're getting into with it because it can be pretty rough if that kind of stuff is upsetting to you. Damn. Yeah. I started watching it the other day and I like had to go do something, but I'm really intrigued to finish it now. Yeah. And there's one moment in it that was just hilarious to me. I don't know a lot about her sons. All I've ever seen about them is like the five minutes there in this documentary, but they're like sitting there watching like old VHS tapes that she just has because back in their day, like people would actually get video cameras and like record stuff to VHS tapes and that's how they kept records of things. Yeah. And they're just sitting there going through all her old VHS tapes and there's one where like, oh, this is when we lived in Detroit. When did we, how long did we live? And then it's like, oh, that's when I was married to Bob and the son looks at the camera and goes, yeah, that was when she was married to Kid Rock and just has the like war flashbacks like look in his eyes of like, Thanks yep. for putting us through that one. <laughs> it was just funny. It made me laugh. Well. Um, so you two have been a lot better than me. Uh, I have been going nuts over football and basketball and uh, having your parents here for 10 days and packing. So the three movies I have watched this week are the three movies we're about to talk about. Uh, Which is great, great job. Yeah. The the only other thing I've – and I can't remember if I talked about this on the show last time is I've been watching um, Last of Us. Mm. Like You did, yeah. Yeah, Last of Us. Oh, my God, that show is amazing. That is <laughs> that is all I will say. If you have not been watching Last of Us, please watch it. It is incredible. It is on binge. Go and watch it. It is absolutely fantastic. So with that being said oh, – Here we go. Let's move on to – let's move on to our first movie because uh, – I think this is the one we can kind of uh, get out of the way first in, in Magic Mike's Last Dance. I think that's the one we're probably going to not have a whole lot. I have to no s- notes at the moment. <laughs> so. to, Very promising. I'm going to wing it. To, to, to say so, uh, this is – so we're talking about uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Mike takes to the stage again following a business deal that went bust, leaving him broke and taking bartending gigs in Florida. Mike heads to London with a wealthy socialite who lures him with an offer he can't refuse. Anymore. Then I got Magic Mike's last dance. So, uh, I know that's that's literally all I can play with before <laughs> getting a copyright strike. Taylor, what did you think of Magic Mike's last dance? Well, first of all, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the absolute show that the cinema put on for us <laughs> oh, uh, at the God. screening. <laughs> so we walk in and there's mu- they have a DJ and music playing and they have this like light up bar with all these martinis and like champagne and stuff, which first of all is a great vibe if you want people to walk in enjoying this movie. Like it's similar to what they did with like Fast and Furious where I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm in for a good time. So we got drinks. We were listening to all the music playing. And because it was half of like a critic screening and half of a radio screening, the radio station brought out actual dancers and put on music and had them like take their shirts off and go up and down the aisles and do this whole like choreographed <laughs> thing and like they were like thrusting in people's faces. Oh my God. Most of them were men. Yeah. Yeah. Like that were getting no, their no, faces. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was 
so for the de- uh, the, and then they went to the daybeds, which Yay. was hilarious. Oh, no. yeah. so, so it, there was. I I have video on it on my Twitter if anyone needs to see what happened there. Uh, I literally think I tweeted, I was like, what is happening? Someone send help. Like, I don't understand. I'm hallucinating what's happening. It's the most I've ever seen them go, like, here, where they just go out in that kind of way. So that was uh, interesting, especially me sitting between you and Blake. I just have Jacob (laughs) on one side and Blake on the other. And I think Jacob was the least into it out of, <laughs> out of anyone, which tracks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that kicked it off. And I was like, all right, you know what? At least they clearly understand what kind of movie this is. We're going to have a fun time. I think this movie is a pretty interesting blend between the first two in terms of they have the storyline and the drama that's very, very, very prevalent in the first one. But then they also when they're having fun with it and when they're doing the dances, they're just going for it. Like it is just full on, like they're committed to both things pretty extremely and it doesn't always work, but I do appreciate that Soderbergh seemed to find a way to incorporate a bit more fun into it than I think he did in the first one. I think the first one, a lot of the dancing and stuff was like pretty short sequences and there wasn't really an energy to it. This one, I felt like he kind of went all out. Um, And I had fun with it. Like, again, these movies aren't really, like, my thing necessarily. Um, The opening sequence to this movie, the opening dance sequence in this movie, about two or three minutes in, (laughs) I don't know if I can explain how I felt (laughs) watching that in a theater full of people. Like, some people were laughing. Some people were like, it was very, like... It was a very interesting way to uh, introduce people to what they were going to get from it. I certainly wasn't expecting that because I didn't know the story going into this. Like, I wasn't expecting us to end up anywhere near where we ended up, both geographically and story-wise. So it was just, it was surprising, at least. Like, it, it took me on a journey that I wasn't expecting. And I don't think it'll be anywhere near my top films by the end of the year but you know it's pretty good um yeah (laughs) it i realized at the end because i didn't go to the press screening because again uni work but i just saw it literally like 30 minutes ago and didn't realize till the very end that i was in the cinema by myself and i definitely (laughs) would have like like pulled out my phone and started playing candy crush if i could but um Anyway, no, it was, and I was definitely like glad I was by myself because I think I just would have been so awkward watching this with in like a room full of people (laughs) and feeling I could feel people behind me, but there weren't. And I don't know. I was just like, I felt like there was people behind me and I was feeling really awkward the entire time watching some of the scenes, which is like fine. I'm just a bit childish in that regard, I guess. But I don't know. It was, it was fine and i really did enjoy some sequences like i was close to if if it if some things had changed i would be close to giving it like a four star but at the moment it's at three stars um nothing special but also not too bad i don't know (laughs) jacob so as the straight white male here (laughs) uh, i was so fucking bored i was so bored in this movie i was just 
I didn't care for the drama. I wasn't that interested. And it sucks because I actually, so I was one of the ones who, that opening 10 minutes, that like dance sequence at the start, that's awesome. That is genuine. Are you talking about the part where he's, it's Pony? Or No, the, no. the one where he's dancing with, with Selma. Yeah. That whole oh, opening, yes, 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 that yes, opening, yes. Se- yeah. that is sexy as yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like that is genuinely, holy crap, that is amazing. The rest of the movie doesn't get anywhere near that level. Really? I didn't think so. At least the- I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. In the <laughs> the rain scene, the rain scene. Uh, okay. The absolutely. Ra- okay. May, may, but at that point, I checked out. Like at that point, I was like, I'm done with this. I would have checked that if I if I'd been so bored. <laughs> that part would have saved it for me. I my biggest problem with the and and to go with. This this film feels like it's embarrassed by what it is. At least, okay, Soderbergh feels like he is embarrassed that he is telling the stripper movie. So he's trying to make these movies. They're not the stripper movie. They're the dra- They're the dramas about a stripper, and they're you know the the strippers with a heart of gold and da da da. Like, whereas, and that's why I love the second one. The second one just goes, no, fuck it. We're a fun movie. Like we're just strippers being fun and just going nuts and not really. And not really trying to dive into the drama of it all. And I just can't, I just can't grasp the drama behind one and three because I just don't think it's very particularly well made, like, or well written drama. Like, I just don't, I'm sitting there like, I don't really care. That's fair. The second one just feels like a whole lot of nothing to me. And at least, like, one and three have, like, Substance. That's fair. Like I, I will admit that Soderbergh's a much better director. Like he, it, it's just it's Soderbergh's a talented director, so he's able to give it some form of weight. Mm. But I just sit there and I'm just like, I don't care. I'm so bored. That's <laughs> fair. I and I, I don't think that I felt the chemistry I wanted to feel between Channing and Selma Hayek. But like personally, mm. like I think they're both great actors. So like they're not bad when they're in scenes together but i just like didn't buy the fact that like this is the person that mike wants to like settle Mm. down with like i don't know i just but that's the thing with me like a lot of romances in movies these days even if they're not like romantic movies like if that's not their primary genre like i just feel like they don't do romantic like screen testing Mm. anymore (laughs) like i feel like they just give roles to really good actors and they don't actually care if the chemistry is going to be there for a lot of films which like again i'll bring it up see that is the only thing to me that ticket to paradise does well is what was when clooney and roberts are on screen Mm. you're like yeah hell yeah i I buy it this this movie i don't i don't buy it like and I think this movie illustrates. I really like Channing Tatum as a comedic actor. Yeah, me I too. think he is hilarious when he goes full comedy. He, these movies and dramas really show his limitations. And I and I like. I didn't think he was terrible. He's not bad in this movie. But I he you're you're right. Selma's acting circles around him through this entire movie. And it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, one of these is a very talented actress. The other one is a just there for his body. Yeah. <laughs> but like but, but that's kind of goes to your point is like these are supposed to be stripper movies, so that's why you of course that's yeah. why you cast mm-hmm. him. Like obviously. Yeah. But then I don't know. I feel like maybe they don't 
build the movies around him in the way that they should. Yeah. Like you have that at your disposal and that's just neither director that's had their hands on it mm. has really used that. Yeah. Like has they've had it and they just haven't mm. looked at that as the thing you need to build it around. They've more just kind of constructed it and then thrown him in there. Yeah. Like to me personally, I, I, I watch these and I go, these should be fun, absurd yeah. movies where it's, it kind of leans into the absurdity of it all and has fun with it. The fact that none of the friends come back for the London show, I mm. think, is ridiculous. I yeah, think that's like that's just like come on. Like I, 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 I also I, I also don't understand why they had to take the movie to London. Yeah, I, like yeah, I like it just doesn't do anything to the story for mm. me. Like he could still run into a rich woman who like takes him to New York or yeah. like. I don't know. It just felt I guess weird. for a more like, because they really make a point of the fact that he's like poor boy from Tampa. So maybe to like heighten the fact that like London is like high society and mm. whatnot. I don't know. But yeah, you could have done it that is, in New York. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that part's a little weird. Um, the hottest person in this movie was none of the strippers or dancers. <laughs> it, it was Juliet who plays Hannah who's like in the original play and then oh, comes yeah. back and MCs. Yeah. <laughs> She's the hottest person in the whole movie <laughs> and just is like stuck being the MC, not actually really doing much Yo. of anything. But I saw her and I was like, this is such a waste. What are we doing right now? <laughs> a disgrace. God. Anyway. And also having the whole daughter storyline was a little weird too. Yeah. Like, I don't but, know. Again, it's one of those films that again is trying to be like a serious family drama while also not being that. And it never really resolves it. Like she hugs no. what Channing Tatum at the end, but yeah. like you you still have troubles with your mom. Like I don't And then there's the the like her divorce is still like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's anyway. kind of where I went like the drama's weak. It's yeah, a badly written a- screenplay and I, and that and when it you sets a lot up that doesn't yeah. But blend. when when you lean so heavily onto that side instead then i just go i'm bored and i don't care like and that's that was just my reaction to this was just i'm bored and i don't care and no that's fair that i was just sitting there like can this please end yeah i get it i had more fun with this one than the first one though personally like the Mm. the drama in the first one to me is just Mm. like i can't do it this one at least i was like you know what they're in london they're trying to dismantle the uh, pretentiousness, I guess, of how things <laughs> yeah, work. You know what? All right. The first one's a, the drama is a bit too serious, whereas like, yeah. like a bit they're high like stakes. Getting into drugs, <laughs> yeah. but at a point where it's like, oh, someone could be killed. And yes. like, you're like, what the hell is this? No, totally, this does not work. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah fair. So, uh, so that's yeah, that that's my take on uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. The uh, just not a particularly good yeah. movie. What um, a what a waste of a last dance. I know. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, and you know what? I'm just gonna leave it there. I, you know. All right, right, let's move on to our next one. We are, of course, talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Leonard. Well, it's nice to meet you, Will. Why are you here? I suppose I'm here to make friends with you. And your dad's too. But my heart is broken. 
Why is it broken? Because of what I have to do today. Guys, what did we... So, Elena, what did you... You saw this two, nearly a week and a half ago. Mm, at the press screening, yeah. What, what did you think? I also just want to say the sound design of those knocks oh, is epic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that trailer so much. Yeah. It's such a good trailer. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, yeah, I I really loved this because, like I said, I haven't seen many Shyamalan movies, but he's quite a controversial director, I guess. Um, you either love him or you hate him. And... I mean, I guess from the movies I've seen, I love him. Like, I haven't really seen a bad movie of his yet. Um, and, yeah, this was no exception. It's no, definitely nowhere near perfect um, and does have a few plot holes that we can get into later. But I, as a thriller, I really enjoyed this and especially how it uses confined space, um, especially considering the camera work he does. Mm. It's done incredibly well and it's definitely a situation like a circumstance of um the setting kind of becoming its own character in a way and especially going back to the camera work it heightens the claustrophobia with all those extreme close-ups that he does um i was just like Whew, this is this is good um i also enjoyed that a lot of people had like the problem that it's there was no plot twist and Shyamalan always does plot twists, but I kind of enjoyed that it didn't like constantly dangle that something was going to happen the whole time. Like basically you're just trying to decipher who's right, like the intruders or um, the family. And that's the whole like game of it, which I really uh, appreciated. Um. And that's, I don't know, I just really love this. And it's definitely a more simple ending than his other films. But, again, I didn't mind that. And fucking Dave Bautista, man. He is incredible. Tell. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of in a similar place when it comes to Shyamalan. So I've seen Unbreakable Split and Glass. I've seen that trilogy. Um which I like all of them, controversially so. Um, and I also saw Split first. Yeah. So, Same. So that could be a whole other discussion. And I've seen this one, and then the only other Shyamalan movie I've seen is The Last Airbender, which, <laughs> which <laughs> listen, I'm willing to bet literally anything right now that the rest of the Shyamalan movies I watch, nothing will be worse. I don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet anything that as, after I go back and watch all of his other films I haven't seen, that that one will still be the yeah. worst. There's so when did that one come out? 2010. 2010. Okay, yeah, I was definitely watching. Came out, you know, and it came, <laughs> it came out the same weekend as Twilight Eclipse. Yeah, I only know Damn. that because we did a double feature. For <laughs> it. Yeah, so the, that's my um, Shyamalan universe that I exist in. Are those movies. And um, this one, you know, again, as someone who has a pretty limited sample size of his filmmaking, this definitely felt um, the most different. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, you know, as, as we've already mentioned, like it's very contained. There's no real big plot twist that you're trying to figure out the whole time and wait for. It's a pretty straightforward narrative, um, which I think is handled very well. And 
I really, I think my favorite part of the film was probably the camera work and how, um, you know, the environment that we're in in this very claustrophobic small world we're in was turned into a character and was something that constantly had your attention and was really, um, I just think really effective in creating the atmosphere and the headspace you're supposed to be in and how the characters are feeling. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I had a tough time with it just because I've had, yesterday was a really emotional day for me. This morning was pretty emotional. So then I get into this movie and I'm like, apocalypse, the world is ending. (laughs) My whole everything, I can't, I'm not in the mental (laughs) capacity place to deal with this kind of thing. Um, but so it was like, I had a bit of a tough time watching it just because of that. Um, but I will say I really appreciated the way that Shyamalan handled the violence in the film. Mm -hmm. Um, usually scenes like that, and we can get into it later, but usually scenes like that, um, in the hands of a lot of directors get very, very graphic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was very appreciative that that did not happen because it didn't need it. Mm -hmm. Um, last thing I'll say before I kind of cut it off and then we can eventually talk about spoilers. Um, I just want to shout out Jonathan Groff. Love him. Mm-hmm. Love seeing him in a very different role. Yeah. Um, than we've really ever seen. Like the closest thing I can think of is Mindhunter, but that's not even mm. really like it's he, as much as I love watching him sing and dance and, and be that guy. Uh, this is really cool. Like yeah. I thought he, him and Dave Bautista specifically just killed it. Mm. Um, it's very interesting how like two of these movies this week, the the one we're talking about next, the way they use not showing violence mm. and and, 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 and a their, small claustrophobic yeah, environment like, but as to, well to their like to their greater effect oh, of yeah. not showing violence. Uh, it's it's uh, just just something I just thought of like oh yeah that's interesting like dichotomy between the two. Um, so me, I, I'm I'm a pretty big. Shyamalan fan like I, I enjoy most of his movies um you know like I, I really love Sixth Sense I really love Unbreakable I really I, I like you I enjoy Glass like I think Glass is actually a fun good movie I don't think it's like I you know um I didn't see Old or or The Visit but yeah I hate Last Airbender and I really don't like After Earth either but um <sighs> Like so, he he is a little hit and miss with me. Uh, I what I think I love about this movie specifically that so Shyamalan's biggest element of his films is what if the things you were told growing up and your beliefs were actually real? And that's a lot. A lot he, that theme comes through a lot of his films where it's. You know, uh, like uh, especially religious of you know, what if God was real? What or like what if a lot of the things you were being told as a child actually came true? And I think this qualifies for this is because the entire time you are doubting whether or not is this real or not, and it's that that I think is a very strong aspect of this film that that comes through. Um, I love the performances in this. I think. Uh, you guys have already mentioned the two standouts, but I, I also think um, uh, Ben Ulrich is incredible as well. Like I think he is sensational. Um, 
and I, like I, I think the way that the the way that you write the, the way this movie does portrays claustrophobia and the camera work that it does is really it it builds tension in a way that we haven't really seen from a horror director without it being without the horror ever really being seen and i think that's the strength of this movie is that it does it it's it never it doesn't ever feel gratuitous it doesn't ever feel over the top it doesn't ever feel like we're trying it we're trying to just we're trying to get a scare out of you the tension building and the way that it uses the camera and the way that he gets an audience to react is so well done and is so just no he is an incredibly talented filmmaker and and um yeah i i I really thoroughly enjoyed this i think this is a really good movie and i'm i'm really glad that i saw it and i I, yeah i I can't wait to get into spoilers because there there are things that I wasn't the biggest fan of um, that I maybe would have liked to have gone different, but I also would like to have the conversation of why I'm wrong. So, you know, like... Sure, uh, we can take care of that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're very good at doing that on this show. So, um, all right, let's get into spoilers. This is your spoiler alert for Knock at the Cabin. So... I get okay. One thing I love about this movie is that it's real. Like I, I think the fact that it tells you that it's real is a big strength to it. Mm. What do you like? Do you think, or do you think it should have been more? Well, I think because obviously it's very well. It's come out that's very different from the book's ending. Yes. So I searched it up, and basically in the book, when dies mm. in like crossfire so her dying doesn't mean that that the world doesn't end mm. and then the couple like drive off and we never find out if it was real or not yeah. so i think it was a very smart thing for Shyamalan to not go with that ending cuz it could have been cool um having the ambigu- ambiguity of it but also i do like that it was real mm. because if it was fake i think it would have been like I don't know if if he died and then oh yeah with Lola we were joking I, I don't know it could have been like a like a oh what's the word but it could have been they could have played with it a bit and made it like a quote 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 unquote funny ending if it was like fake yeah but the fact that it was real solidified the themes and yeah I enjoyed the ending yeah I don't really know how I feel about it because I didn't really look up up anything before we went into it like I knew it was based on a book but I didn't look up anything Mm. about it or really have an idea of where it was going um and part of me was thinking it was gonna give us an open-ended ambiguous ending um because to me that feels very Shyamalan where he wants to dredge up that kind of conversation Mm. which I don't think would have been a bad thing Mm. necessarily um I'm just glad because I was worried that something was going to happen to when, but it wasn't, you know, it was, which apparently is what happens in the book where it is in vain. Like Mm. it's just something happens to her and it's like, there's no reason 
for it and it just ends up being really shitty and sad i was worried that was gonna happen <laughs> i was like if that if i have to watch this little girl go out in the crossfire after, we, so cute after we spent the whole movie seeing how adorable she is <laughs> i can't promise what my actions are or are not going to be so i'm glad that didn't happen because that i'm not like my emotions are turning on a dime this week. So I would have, the one other couple that was in the theater with us would have been like, is she all right? Like, do we need to, do we need to call for help? Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen. But I also, I don't dislike the way it ended because, you know, I think it was not overly telegraphed, but it was set up to where by the end, you're like, yeah, Eric seems to be coming to terms with mm. the fact that he believes this. Mm. And if either of them are going to be the sacrifice, you yeah. know that it's going to be him. Yeah. Like, it, that's ju- it's just there. Like, mm. the little breadcrumbs for that happening are there. So I don't dislike that. Um, I think it's the tidier version of an ending. Like, you get it wrapped up in a little bow and you get your answer. And I do... Like that we went all the way back around and we get the song on the radio. Yeah. I thought that was beautifully done. Mm. But I also don't think I would have hated an ambiguous ending in this circumstance just because I think it would have been a really interesting conversation starter. Mm. Um, And I do like that sometimes where you do get to kind of interpret what you think. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was a really satisfying ending if we were going to get like a concrete ending. Mm. Um, one thing that I found interesting, and this is the thing that you guys can tell me if I'm wrong about, I don't love that uh, Redman, uh, Rupert Grint's character was the guy who beat him up. I kind of liked, I kind of would have liked the idea that he was seeing him. Was that definitive? Yeah. Like, that he, definitely yeah. is. Because so he, he got the license and then the license was the same one as in his mm-hmm. bag. I kind of would have liked it if that... Because especially with the way that the camera was doing, what the camera was doing, where it was so obscure, is really it tell, him yeah. the entire time? And I think I think that could have... It, where it's not him, that's the thing that breaks him to be like, hang on. Is the and then from then on in you get everything that happens at the end of the film. I just think the way that it's set up is kind of like this last minute grab you of no, this is all fake. No, you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> congratulations. Thanks. I, I knew I was wrong, but <laughs> why do you think that though? I don't know. I just kind of I, I think it would have. I just the 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 way that. It's building up to this whole thing is fake and that's the evidence that it's fake. Well, I think it gives him something tangible. Yeah, that it, yeah. The where that because up until that point neither side really has anything mm. really tangible. Like you have the news reports and that stuff happening. But until that point where he pulls out the ID, mm. he has something to kind of keep him it, it keeps the tension going because it keeps. We know that Eric is starting to believe it, whether he mm. wants to or not. Like you can tell that he's been sucked in pretty quickly. Like yeah. he's already down that road pretty fast. Mm. Whereas Andrew, he is vehemently against it. Like nothing you say to him is going to get him to believe it. And I think having him get something tangible 
helps to drive that wedge further mm. where mm. it's like, see, they're making this up. We're being targeted. Like you actually get something where it's not just him losing his mind, like thinking he saw the same person. Mm. Like you actually get something where then you go, oh, sh- what, if, what if these people like did meet up before? Yeah. And what if this is like, I don't know that that's how yeah. I saw it. I yeah. just, I would, I thought, I thought it would have been interesting to tie into where everything he's saying about them about how it's psychosis. This is a this is a natural human um, human psychology, and this is what you're going through, and it's actually what he's going through. I just think that could have been a interesting angle, but mm, no, I think you need one person that's tethered to reality to some extent, and I think yeah. it's him. Mm. I think the audience needs one character that's not just completely mm. losing it. Fair. <laughs> So congratulations. I was wrong. <laughs> you get to um, wrong. I okay. So for the mode, like like I said, look, I I love this movie. I think this this movie is very very well made and very enjoyable. Um, really like filled with tension. I, yeah. I can't believe just how like on the edge of my seat majority the of the film was. Time, like it's just. Yeah. And like the uh, the second day Patisa gets on screen, you're like, this guy's creepy. Yep. That, that whole. Oh my god! I was like, after that, I was like, yep, four stars. Like I was especially that whole with Dutch Angle. Yeah, yeah. With, 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 the Dutch oh. Angle, I was like so in. I was like, I'm strapped in, Shyamalan. Let's go. Like, that oh. whole opening dialogue as well of like, oh yeah, no, you can't talk to strangers, mm. but let's be friends. And then I'm not a stranger. It's like, oh my god, this is just so creepy. Bad. This is creepy. But then it's also like matched so well with like he's kind of this gentle giant as yeah. well like he's huge and could literally like obliterate you well i love and that he's kind of creepy but at the same time you kind of mm. sympathize with him i, I he, love oh. that he's a school teacher i yeah. love that he's like so there's a reason why he knows how to talk to kids you yeah. know like he it's just without the context it's very like yeah oh, this is eerie i don't like it and mm. then like later on you actually kind of come around to it, and it's and he portrays that so well. Yeah. Like this is again, like I, this is just Dave Bautista adding to his resume mm-hmm. of why he's the best wrestler, like why he why he's the best actor who turned the wrestler turned actor at the moment. Like he's just he gives these type of performances. You I, like, I don't know if you will ever see anyone else, any other type of act uh, wrestler give this type of performance oh, no. where it's just. You know where your range is. You mm. know what your limits are. And even this, like, you know, this, there's, he's, he's not under any like real limits here. Like he, he's, he's going on fairly big range and it's pretty good. Mm. Like it's, he's very, he is very good in this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed his performance from this film. I, I don't, he's absolutely sensational. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else have anything they want to add about this? Well, we get an adorable scene of them all singing in the car together, and I think that we should send Shyamalan a gift basket for going, I know what I've got in Jonathan Groff. If there isn't one singing scene in this movie, what am I even doing here? Yeah. I'm just saying. That is like, that is legendary level where he's like, I know what I got. Mm. I, I will. You brought it up earlier with the, having the song at the end. Yeah. I think the way that they handled the song at the end, mm-hmm. where it's he turns it on, nope, turns it off. She turns it yeah. on, 
realizes yeah. he's not dealing, he turns it, yeah. she turns it off, and then he turns it. I, I know. just oh, yeah. that's so just good. so well done. Like yeah. it's just no, because it's exactly how that would go down. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but it's. It, it says so much. It does. Without it's just, having to yeah, say a it, single line it, of yep, dialogue. There's no dialogue whatsoever. It is just good blocking. And I really, okay, there is a part of me that loves it and absolutely <laughs> loves that we are praising that on here. And there's a part of me that hates that good blocking and just like good, genuine blocking is worthy of us to say, oh my God, it's so amazing <laughs> because we don't get it no. anymore. No. We no, just, no. we don't get good blocking and good camera work and good, like, you know, 15 years ago, this is a, yeah, it's an all right movie. Mm. We just don't get this type of movie anymore and everyone sure. just suddenly goes, oh my God, a, a director knows how to use a camera and decides I'm going to use the the screen, like I'm actually going to use the camera in different and unique ways and not just do a mid shot for every, every single dialogue scene. Like I'm actually going to do an extreme close up so that you guys can all feel a little uncomfortable because yep. that's how everyone's meant to be. Mm. I just, sorry, I'm on a tangent about. He just and he uses Hollywood. every trick oh. in the book. It's like the Dutch angles, the, the extreme yeah. close ups, the dolly zooms, it's everything. And I'm just like, give it to me. I it's love it. Just like, yeah. Yeah, and it is kind of sad that, like, it's not the norm. No, but that's what I mean. Like, like, this was the norm 20 years ago. This is what Hollywood – this is – you went to a movie and you got directors who used the camera in ways that were to tell stories. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but it also has a lot to do with how many movies are made now Mm. and also the kind of of movies that studios are wanting to greenlight. Like, it's – a lot has changed in no, the last, it is. Yeah. you know, 20, 30 years where it was, I mean, it's still really hard to get a movie made, but like, it's just so different. Yeah. You're just getting so many things just thrown on streaming or whatever the, the case may be. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the thing that drives me mad. Like streaming should have been this birth of director-driven content because they were just so desperate for content. They went, we don't care. Here is money. Go and do whatever you want. And instead, all of these movies look the same. Yeah. And it's just how... It's just like trying to do the cheapest. Yeah. Like, many, it's yeah. not... You, you, you've not gone out and gotten director-driven films. You've gone out and gotten just TV drama. Like, t- yeah. like you've gone out and gotten directors... Even who when they TV. do, it's, like, not well done. Yeah. and Somehow... Yeah, and like just I don't know, just being reminded of someone who is the very divisive in his filmmaking, who whose plots are not always the greatest, whose screenwriting is not always the greatest, but he's at least coming out and doing something that's different, and and, and is at least doing I don't want to say the bare minimum, but he's like you doing filmmaking one hundred and one. But where it's interesting. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, it, yeah. it, you just don't get it anymore. And I just, yeah. It's very stylistic. Yeah. It, 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 not in an obnoxious or showy way, but it, it has style. It has, yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. It Two just, things. One, his cooking cameo, A+. Plus. Yeah. A++. Plus yep. plus, best shirt choice I've ever seen in my life. Second, He has a line of dialogue in there. That, that like sums up as well, like that sums up like the themes of the movie. And I can't remember exactly what it was. And I was like, 
Leonardo that, DiCaprio moment. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was intentional, and I can't remember what it was saying, but it was very intentional what he said, and I just it was so mad I can't remember it right now. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, sorry, I, I, I cut you off there. I was just yeah. I didn't know that was going to be triggering for you. I'm yep. very sorry. Um, other thing. What did you guys think of the way that it used like flashbacks and how they were like intercut with the story? Um, I thought the way I, I thought they all came at the right moment. I thought that the ones that we got were all the right ones. Um, just again, stupid straight white male. The parents, his parents, just straight up didn't like that he had a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just making sure that I read that correctly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, they were just like, yeah, no, nah, not not happening. <laughs> yeah. Which, it was interesting because the the line that he says where he says they drove seven hours and stayed for 45 minutes, I think is such a powerful line because it tells you so much about the dynamic of the relationship. Clearly, they love their son enough to not completely throw the relationship away. Like, clearly they want to put some form of effort in to mm. be there, but they are so uncomfortable with it, like, where they barely say anything. They sit there for 45 minutes to be in the room, and then they leave. Like, I just think it's so such a simple, like, concise yeah. way to tell you about the relationship dynamic, where it's not just, like, oh, my parents, like, hate me. They clearly don't. Mm. And also having the... You know, having Eric's parent be like, oh, my mom's calling to ask how it went. Like, it just tells you the dynamic of, like, the family. Doesn't have to there. explicitly say, like, oh, no, my parents are homophobic. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's I, – I really enjoyed that bit. Um, and, yeah, the flashbacks, I – they were definitely necessary and done well and, like, placed well. But I think it, it kind of took me out a little bit sometimes. Like, I would be, like, tension on the edge of my seat, like – leaning looking like up through my eyebrows and then flashback would happen and I'd kind of adjust myself which isn't a bad thing like they were necessary and at least they weren't like completely outlandish but Mm. yeah that was just my opinion on those but yeah yeah that's I I, I'm kind of I really enjoyed this movie like I I, like much more than I was expecting all right our resident uh predictor Oh god! No. When you didn't call it, you didn't no. know how it was going to end. No, I, okay, I called. There's only two ways it was going to end. I called that it was real. Like I thought it was real. Okay, like, but I, but I'm meaning like specifically. No, no. Okay. But I also wasn't trying at that point. Like I like I was I was I was kind of sucked into the world of I guess like movies where I don't call it and I'm not I, I don't ever try and call it. It's just more the you you telegraphed it very early. And I can just go, oh, yep, okay, you telegraphed that a little too early. And that's... Okay, because for me, I went, whether it's real or not, if they choose to sacrifice someone, it's going to be Eric. Yeah. Like, I just... That's the part I had figured out. Mm. I didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah. But I was like, if they go through with this, it's definitely going to be Eric. Yeah. Like, that's just... That was the only thing that, again, I think was well telegraphed. Um, to a point where, like, you just, that's within his character that you're you're getting. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was really well made. Um, I thought the 
the way they were trying to use like the news reporting and the TV like mm-hmm. stuff, I thought was kind of funny. Like it mm-hmm. just made me laugh. Yeah. Like because because it's clearly like also. <laughs> Like it's clearly like low budget. Like yeah. it's just like it, when all the planes were crashing. Yeah. <laughs> like and they're on like the rooftop balcony. Yeah. No, no, oh, not, yeah, not the harbor. The oh. one where they're like all on like a balcony or something, and there's like the city. Yeah. And there's like five or six just like happening. I was like, I shouldn't laugh right also, now. Also, huge plot hole. Maybe there's a way that you could that you could explain it, but the tsunami. Oh, the tsunami one. Well, I, that, one terrifying. <laughs> I have an irrational fear that, of tsunamis, and uh, that I can't. I, watch I it. already have a fear of like the ocean and the beach and stuff, and it's a good thing we already did the Great Barrier Reef in cans because after this, I'd be like, no, you guys can go without me. That's fine. Like that is the, probably the most horrifying thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, and, but, but like. The person recording it, somehow they got the video. I know. Yeah, that, that, I, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, maybe they were like, live, but also yeah. why are they live? Like yeah, That's totally. the part where I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you have this HD quality in like... Yeah, HD No, too. but not only that, you have HD quality in landscape. No one shoots in landscape anymore. No. Like, it's it all- should have been like It should have been like an Instagram live filter where it's yeah. like the other way. If it was a TikTok and, filter yeah, yeah. of that way, I would have been like... That would have like somehow made sense, but then also like... The live video would have completely cried. Like, who was screen recording this live video and sending yeah. it to the new? Like, it's, I, I focus, I focused on it way too much. Yeah. Well, that that but. was the one time, and because it didn't happen to me any other time, but that yeah. was the one time where I went, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I was in that. Yeah, I, I sat there. And I went, okay, there's a little. St- that, okay. There's no, like, especially when they go, oh, this just into the newsroom live. It's like, no. But, 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 but that being said, I kind of love how much they leaned into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you could tell that they did not give a crap that all the airplane crashes looked like yeah. they cost five cents. <laughs> and also our intro into it being M. Night Shyamalan in a gaudy orange, like, t-shirt <laughs> on a cooking chair, like... I loved it, but like this is not a like a, a negative criticism, by the way. Yeah. Like I thought it was hilarious. Like I love, I just love that it was like, and even you know when there's like clearly in front of a green screen and the news anchors like sitting there, you can tell that it's just like, all right, we've got five dollars to film these scenes. Let's go, come on, yeah. fair enough. But yeah. I love it. I thought it was so fun. No, this yeah. Any final thoughts on this one? Sly, do you do you want to get out your little? critique what was my little critique about the guy who's in it for oh okay look (laughs) this isn't a critique on rupert grid just the more the internet in general the amount of people after I'd seen, like, going, oh, my God, Rupert Grint's amazing. He's in, like, 30 seconds of the movie. I think, he's, like, a total of, like, 17 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that. but, like, he's he's got one scene that he's very good in. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But he's not the standout. I know, but, like, just people, like, going, Rupert Grint's standout. Like, maybe they haven't seen him in, like, 20 years or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're like, I haven't seen him since Harry Potter. And oh my two. god! And maybe just because this week everyone's yeah. just like, we got to find some way to distance all these guys from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So yeah, that but, was knock uh, at the cabin. Very, very. But hashtag we stand a singing Jonathan Groff and M Night Shyamalan's orange, whatever that was, blouse. And the blouse. And Dave, and Dave Bautista killing it. Yeah. Go watch Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Uh, so instead of the. Uh, let, let, let's move on to these quite uh, <laughs> rough We've movie. gone so let's, downhill. Let's, we started with Magic Mike's Wait. Last Dance, and we are just ending in a ditch, people. Yeah. Um, 
We are, of course, talking about our final Best Picture nominee. That is Women Talking. Do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. Women of an, iso- of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality from their faith. It is a part of our faith to forgive. We will be forced to leave the colonies if we do not forgive these men. None of you will listen to reason. We know that we've not imagined these attacks. We know that we are bruised and terrified. Hope for the unknown is good. Just better than hatred of the familiar. I am the male here, so I'm going to allow the two women to talk about this one because this was a brutal film. So, uh, Taylor, I, I just you. want to preface this by saying we got out of the theater. There was four men in our group, and Elena and I. And they're just like, oh, yeah, the cinematography, and I love the way that this, and oh, like, isn't it crazy that, like, none of the men were really ever on screen? And Elena, we're just standing there, not saying a single, not a single word. Like, we were just standing there, just processing just yeah so much information like we are like blue screened like there's yeah. nothing is happening and you just kind of look at us and go do you guys want to do the women want to wanna say something and i was like listen i'm gonna need five to seven business days before anyone asks me a single question about this movie and it's not even been 24 and it's not even been 24 hours so i'm gonna do my best here because this is way way outside of my processing uh yeah, timeline yeah, that i needed but this movie, um, I knew what it was going to be about going into it, but that like there was nothing that actually could have prepared me for what this was. No. Um, the whole cast is astonishing. Like the fact that they've all fallen out of awards consideration is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, but I get it because they're all great and there's so many of them. Like I feel like it would be hard to say which one has the better performance. Like per- personally, mm-hmm. I think they all do so great. Um, this one is tough to watch because it's not graphically violent. Um, it's pretty good with not actually showing you anything that happens, um, which is great. I think that is a huge positive of this film. Um, it's one of the things that I liked a lot about She Said and how it was made. The same can be said for this. Like, they have other ways of giving you visuals that aren't actually any of the violence happening, which is great. Um, but it is still brutal. Like, it is really, like, having a bunch of women sitting in a room talking is brutal in a way that I don't think anyone is ready for. Um, it's, it's really tough to talk about, um, just in a general sense, like without doing spoiler talk, just because, um, it's pretty like specific in the Mm. things that it's talking about. Um, but I will say, uh, it's, it's a conversation that, doesn't shy away from any of the really hard questions that have to be asked. Um, The women are very confronting of each other. 
Um, and it's, it's such a breath of fresh air to get a film like this where you have basically an open forum where you just have these women getting to grieve and reconcile with the things that have happened to them and kind of try and actually decide what they're going to do about it. Like for the first time, probably ever in their lives, really sitting down and deciding that it's within their power and they're going to actively do something. They don't know what it is when they start out having the conversation, but they know they have to do something and hearing them talk about what got them all to this point, like what their breaking points were and why they're so willing to possibly just blow up everything that they've ever known. Um, I just really liked the way that we get all the different perspectives from all the different women and how they're handling or not handling what's happened to them or people they knew or people that they love. And, um, especially with the environment that they're in. Like, it's such a claustrophobic environment by design. Um, And having it be tied to religion, which we'll get more into, uh, it's just, like, it's such a... I'm sure it's a tough watch for anyone, but it's a tough watch if you have any sort of, like, I don't even know if religious trauma is the right thing to say, but like any sort of tie to a religion, I'm sure it's tough to, to watch. Um, and it's definitely tough to watch if you have any past of like any sort of assault or abuse or anything like that. Like I can't imagine trying to get through a movie like this. Like I would hope that it would be therapeutic for people, but I would definitely caution people to know what they're getting into with this one yeah um yeah back all of that up it's a very you're right it's very specific thing and i was talking to my friends about this and like my thoughts on it and everything and i think that it's can definitely be impactful for anyone but the specific topic of men like hurting women and the fear that women feel at the hands of men is such a specific feeling that you just can't understand as a man as much as you can empathize with it like that's more what made me really emotional throughout like their explanations and their reactions to the fear that they feel and I feel like especially through the acting it really um cements that like each woman kind of in the barn farm house that they're in <laughs> kind of portrays a certain reaction to it like uh Rooney Mara and I mean Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley are kind of mad and like angry at the situation and really want to do something about it and Rooney Mara's character is more she's kind of met some, a man who has almost restored her faith and she's more calm about the situation and how she wants to handle it. Then we have like Frances McDormand's character who is of an older generation and has had to endure it for so long that she's almost complicit. And while she may not agree with what's happening, she realizes she 
might just have to live with it at this point. And with the older women that are in the barn are kind of just like so rooted in their faith that they put their faith in God to help them through the situation. And I really liked all the different avenues that were like explored through all the women. And it's also backed up by the script, which I just thought was insane. Um, And I really, really hope it's a front runner for the Oscar because that handled the subject matter beautifully. And yeah, like you said, Taylor, with the not having to show anything, but even just scenes of you see the bruises or you see blood on the walls, on the bed. It's definitely able to do that without having to graphically show anything, which is really refreshing. And yeah, I really, really loved this movie and everything it did with its subject matter. Yeah. Um, I'm infuriated with MGM for how they handled releasing this movie. Um, this should have been a top five front runner. Oh yeah. If not the best picture front runner right now. Like this is this movie is incredible. This mm-hmm. movie is absolutely sensational. And um the what you you guys have both covered it so perfectly and there's not really much more I can really add and and it's not that I I you know this is a movie for women to talk about and for them to come out and and show and for men to come out and listen as well. And I think that's important when it comes to this movie and this movie in particular just because of the way it handles. There's a reveal that I'm going to get to in spoilers that is might be my favorite one of the year that um, – isn't meant to be a reveal, but it was for me. So uh, let, let's get into spoilers because I, I want to talk about it. So uh, this is spoilers for women talking. So yeah, IMDb spoils it, and I didn't even realize. Like that's how lit. Like is it so, in the synopsis, it's, it, it says do, it do, is, yeah. do nothing, stay and fight or leave. In 2010, so yeah, the fact that this is a modern day cult. I thought it was set in the 1800s. I thought that's what this movie was set because I'd seen the. trailer. I definitely thought that when I first saw it. Well, I saw the trailer, then- and that's it. Like I saw. Does the, it not say it in no, the trailer? No, the first, the, the first trailer doesn't right. say well, it. Right, well, that's what I would have seen. I would have been like, yeah. okay, yeah, 1800s, and then I read more. I was like, oh. Yeah, that, so the moment where, when, you know, the first one that kind of like went, oh, that's a bit interesting, was, so obviously it opens up with the line, you know, this happened before you were born. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, yep, so it's set before you were born. And then, um, and then it go, and then when Claire Foy has to go get antibiotics, I was like, huh. That's a bit weird. Oh, then I said, you know, I was like, that's a bit weird. And then as when uh, August mentions World War Two, I went, hang on. So it's the fifties. <laughs> like, are we in the fifth? Are we in the fifties? Did you know it was like a colony? Like, did you just I, think this was like normal society? I in the thought. 1800s? I thought this was an eighteen hundred sort of Salem witch trials yeah. type society yeah. if that makes sense yeah. where it's like you will be banished from good from mm. from quote unquote good society yeah. and like and it's like okay so that establishes the drama 
then the reveal that no, like when when the census comes and it's twenty ten, I went oh fuck, like that was my like, and I maybe should have like I, look, maybe it should have it should have been known earlier than that, but I loved that moment of just. Oh shit! This is set in 2010. This See, is I, a I cult. Kinda, I kind of wish that it, most people wouldn't have known that going mm. in because I do think it gives you a different mindset if you go into yeah. it already knowing that it's in the 2010s. Like mm. you're thinking about it in a completely different way. You go in, okay, okay, and this is dumb male here. You go in if you uh, going in with the 1800s mindset. You're like, this is. This is normal. This is their yeah. society. And, yeah. and I get that that's the point of a cult. The cult's been brought up raising as though this is what you have to do. But, like, if you go in with the tw- it's 2010 mindset, you could potentially fall trapped to the why don't they just leave? Yeah. Do you know, like, that mm-hmm. they could just leave. And, and I'm, I'm not saying you do, but I could. there's people who could fall into that trap. Easier of like, oh, it's modern times. Why can't they just? Yeah, like, yeah, not realizing see, what society they have been. No, and that, that's the point of a cult like mm. this, where edu- you know, it's it's saying a lot about education and about the way of, of, it's got a lot to say about religion and and the way that it uses and the way that society and men in and men in power in particular use religion. I don't I don't think this movie's anti-religion. I think it's anti men in power mm-hmm. abusing religion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think it's criticizing religion as a whole. I think that it's criticizing the way we've decided to use religion mm-hmm. as a definitely. society. Yeah. Like it's it's criticizing the way that we've taken you know something that many people see as helpful and useful and a way that a way of life that brings them structure Mm. and brings them guidance and, and brings them a sense of peace um, and says, that's great foundationally, but that's not how we use it. Most of the time, that's not how the men who get to be in charge of it decide that it gets to be used. Mm. Like that's not what is preached. And if it is what's preached, it's not what's practiced. Yeah. Like, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I, I think – and I think that's I, – I think that comes across you, – you said it with Frances McDormand's character where she's she's not she, – Complicit's not the right word, but she's. I mean, she she yeah, is. Yeah, she's not complicit. complicit. Like you can tell, she doesn't exactly like the situation she's in. But she's at the point in her life where, where she doesn't leave. And where she just. But she's inside. Yeah, she's been in this cult her entire life. She doesn't believe that there is anything else out there because of yep. that's religious brainwashing, and that's yep. what it's trying to say about religion and and cults and the way that they use this power of religion over people and then by not educating them so that they don't know better so that people don't know and that's because education's bloody important like i thought it was really interesting the way that education was discussed in the film because they show that the boys obviously get to go to school, Mm. but it's the school within the colony where they get to decide what the curriculum is, what they learn, what they don't know. Um, We learn at one point that I'm pretty sure August 
probably August and then maybe some of like the elders or whatever they're referred to in this colony. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that have any access to maps yeah. that know what the outside world even kind of looks like. Like mm-hmm. the women until August brings them a map. They don't know anything about the region that they're even in. What state what what state was it? I can't uh I'm not actually sure off the top of my head. Okay. Does, I, it, I, does I, it not say? No, I think I think it was Utah, but No, it definitely no, it wasn't. wasn't okay. Uh, well, the shape of the map didn't look okay, like it was Utah. Fair enough. But like but uh, uh, yeah, no, you are right though. Where um Yeah, I don't think it says. Okay. It, no, I. It says what, like, where it is in the book that it's based on. But yep. I don't think I have anything. It looked like one of like the smaller southern states, just based on yeah. the shape of like the map. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I I just thought it was interesting that that is like, you know, that hit August bringing them a map and like showing them like even just the shape of like the county that they're in on a map and like that there are things beyond it mm. is such a huge thing. Yeah. Because just imagine trying to comprehend that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's mm. insane. Like it, it's really, and then imagine when they realize there is a whole world. Like, <laughs> That's just the tiniest little yeah. square of a map. Mm. Um, but I really think that just highlights how much knowledge actually is power and mm. how much knowledge they keep from the women specifically. But I also doubt that the things the boys are learning in, in the classroom are very broad. Like no, it's, it's yeah. very much this specific curriculum that fits the specific way of life that they want to keep upholding. Which yeah. is like brings up the topic of how do they get out? Like that's why they choose to leave and take the, some of the boys with them. Cause it's like with in that mindset, how are you meant to change? Like, mm. Ben Wishaw can be as, I guess, like lefty as he wants, but it's they still go home to their like abusive fathers. So it's. Yeah. I thought the scene of Jesse Buckley going home was oh. done particularly well in that her mother was like, please don't. And knowing full well that she had to. And mm-hmm. I thought that was heart wrenching and heartbreaking and. The lighting of that scene of the porch being so dark, you can't yeah. see him. She just walks into the house, and oh. I think, and you guys, man, the way it portrays men as well, in, yeah, in particular, it's, uh, is it's fascinating to me that other than the children, because we see the the children, um, both the boys and the girls, but the the way that the only adult male that we actually see and know his face is August, mm-hmm. is Ben's character. The only one we ever actually get to pay any attention to and give a real identity to mm-hmm. is the one that the women trust to be in the room with them. Yeah, I just think that's such a powerful choice mm-hmm. because it's not giving you any ammunition to look at any of the accused men mm-hmm. and the guilty men and give them any sort of personality. Yeah. Like it's not giving you anything to be like, oh, well, but he's cute or he's this or he's that. Like it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of that matters. And I just don't know if there are many directors out there that would have made that choice. I think I, I, I think a female director's touch is all over this movie. Um, mm-hmm. 
definitely you, you really feel like no this is a woman directed this in terms of the way she approaches the subjects and the way that it is discussed and the fact that you know the violence is never shown like oh you, you instead get the consequences of the violence yeah. and you start and like that's all that's seen is this is the aftermath of violence and well we get the women dealing with it all that you know? too yeah. like you're yeah. right the con we get the consequence sometimes we get you know the mm. shot of the morning after and the women waking up and having to deal with the consequences mm. and to me that's violent enough yeah <laughs> like, that's Violent but that's but yeah, yeah, yeah no that's like, that's yeah like you and, and, and what we're saying with knock of the cabin you can portray violence horrific brutal awful violence without directly showing it everyone knew exactly what happened by just four bruises and brilliant acting from Rooney Mara we yeah. all knew exactly what happened when she woke up and we we're like yep and you had there was no need to be showing it there was no need for I don't like the way I'm going to say this, but it's the, the fetishization of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how it comes across a lot in a lot of these yeah. movies. And instead you'll just get the powerful brutality of it all in a way that is heartbreaking and horrific. Plus it conveys that like the aftermath in a way is so much more to deal with. Like, mm you then have to live with that for the rest of your life. Like the old adage of like forgetting is so much longer than what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's also by doing that, that's also what it shows. And that like, and I mean, they don't even know that it happened. So Mm. they, it's really real of them just waking up, having to deal with it and then living for the rest of their lives, not even knowing that it happened and being so in their head about it. Like they know something happened, Mm. but these men can trick them into believing that it didn't because yeah. they didn't. Well, they, they, well, they, they, were, they were tricked. For, they were unconscious. Like Because at the start of the films it says, you know, they they were told there were ghosts. They were told yeah. that it was dead. And we, at least we're led to believe that they believed it until they caught one. Yeah. yeah. And then when they caught that, no, this was just a man. Yes. It's not a ghost. It's yeah. not a demon. It's not the devil. It's just a man. And then we get Claire Foy going nuts and... She stabbed a dude, right? Like, I know we didn't see it, but at the start, she had that hook thing and straight she, up oh, yeah, yeah. stabbed For a sure. dude. For sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. um, if she didn't stab him, she at least whacked him yeah. good. Whacked him pretty damn good with it. Um, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I I think that, um, and again, because we have so many different women, like, as part of the discussion, I think it's really interesting the different, like, questions that they bring up and the Mm. different things that they think are important to put on like their pros and cons lists like yeah it's just such a realistic grounded way to like discover who these women are and like how they're dealing with what's happened to them because you have Rooney Mara's character who I think she's the only one who brings up the fact that um and makes them kind of think about, well, if all these things that are happening to us are so ingrained in our little colony, like are the men innocent to some extent because they're growing Mm. up like this is what they believe and this is what they've been taught. And like, and then they get to the conversation of like, 
it's the people in power and it's what power does. Like, it's just such an interesting thing to bring up in the middle of it. Well, I think that's, that more is what the movie's trying, I I believe is what the movie's trying to more say. It's it's not scapegoating men. No, no, no. But it's going, these men committed horrific, horrible acts and they need to pay for those horrific, horrible acts. But we need to look at this at what led them to commit those horrific, horrible acts. We need to acts. stop it there, and that's yeah. where you need to actually have the like, actually have the conversation. And I do find, uh, like, I think that is the more interesting conversation that, and the the one, the important one that needs to be held in society in general at the moment of mm. why are these horrific, horrible acts being allowed? to happen because of the way that we handle society. But And she handles uh, – she, um, like, balances it really well with the, like, um, camera shots and scenes of the children playing and, like, paired with the dialogue of, like, what is happening, like, the men and the terrible things they're doing because you, you see these boys just running around harmless mm. and – they are like the you learn that these are taught things. It's not just inherent. Like mm. you can have boys that don't do these things. Yeah. Um, and it's about how like finding a way to stop it at the start. I think the most like a lot of this movie really got to me uh, on a really deep emotional level. But the one scene in particular that just like ended me completely was when Claire Foy's character is saying, if I stay here, I'm going to be a murderer because Mm. they did that to my four-year-old and that, like that, she finally decided that was her line. Like that was her breaking point Mm -hmm. of being like, they're doing that to her and I don't care. Like I will have a conversation with the devil in hell Mm. himself. I will be like, I don't care what I have to do. And I don't care what happens to me. And I don't care what the Bible says. Like, I will do whatever I have to do. And, like, that to me was probably one of the strongest Mm. scenes in the whole movie where it's like, you know, these women have grown up in this place. They don't know anything else. They don't know if there's even something else outside of it. Mm. Like, they don't know. They, for all they know, they could be the only colony. Mm. Or if they go to another quote-unquote colony, it could be exactly like they have no grasp of any sort of reality outside of this little bubble that they're in. And so I totally get why it would never cross your mind to try and leave and find something better. Mm. Because why would you believe that there is something something even to go to? Mm. And why would you risk? Why would you risk that? Because in your mind, it could be worse. You're probably taught that it's worse, Mm. you know, that every other place is godless and religionless and they're just, that's probably what they're teaching Mm. them. And so I just think, and I hope that this comes across to everyone and not just people who have experience with religion or abuse or both, but it just to me was so powerful that she's, gotten to this point where she goes, I will be dragged to hell. I will do whatever I have to do. But this treatment 
of my daughter, that is where I just can't, like, I don't care. Like, I cannot do this anymore. Um, And I just think that the women who weren't as passionate about leaving or maybe chose to not leave didn't really have that kind of breaking point Mm. where like to them, the, the risk was far greater than any possible reward Mm. or either that, or they were just so beaten down and conditioned to where you just don't have the will to Mm. do anything else. Yeah. But just that scene in particular, I don't, like, I think it's just going to stick with me for a long time. Definitely. Speaking of Claire Foy's character, who I, look, I'm, I think her or Jesse absolutely deserved a, that nomination. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I get why they were the two at the, the start. Yeah, of this, sorry, like, would they have been an actress or supporting actress? Supporting. supporting? Yeah, they well, were both supporting, yeah, like, so. yeah. Um, the... Okay, how do you how how do you what was your interpretation of her taking her son at the end of the film? What do you mean? Tra- well, tranquilizing because you because you have him. a take. I I my the way I interpreted the look Wishaw gives or August gives her when she gives him the tranquilizer and says you're going to need this was the be careful you've let a fo- uh, fox into the hen house. Mm-hmm. That was my take on it. Do you think that's that's true or do you think it's more she's just doing what she had to do to keep her son? I think both. Like she definitely did like her son, if I remember correctly, her son was like Wanted to stay or? Her son was just over 15. Yeah. Oh, right. And yeah. he wanted to stay. Yeah. He didn't want to leave. So she, under no circumstance, like, like it's showed in her character the whole way, like under no circumstances was she going to just leave him there. Mm. So I think, yeah, I guess she did what she had to do, but I, I don't know. I didn't think about it much until right now. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think that August was trying to warn her that her son could be dangerous, um, mm. especially when he was the one advocating for yeah, boys but, being able to change or, mm. you know, not having to even change if they were raised in the right kind of environment and taught correctly. Um, to me, that moment was more he's starting to it's really starting to sink in for him that the women are all leaving mm. and that as she came in to grab weapons I think that's probably the first time it actually registered in his mind that they were thinking about bringing weapons to protect himself, like themselves. Mm. Like he probably wasn't thinking about that until yeah. she came in because he looked shocked when she came in and started picking up weapons. tools yeah. um, to use. And so I think in that moment he, you know, in the back of his mind, he went, I have a gun that is going to be put to better use than sitting in a drawer or wherever waiting for me to decide if I want to kill myself. Mm. It's going to go to far better use if I give it to them. Like to me, that's just how I read that scene, not Mm. to protect yourself against your son Mm. because he's dangerous. It was more, it was also probably more trying to unburden himself where he's like, if the gun's not here, I won't think about Mm. killing myself. Like, I don't know. This is getting really dark, but (laughs) that's how I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyone have any other anything else they want to bring up about this one? I thought um, 
I thought the character of Melvin was very interesting. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either, especially given at the time I thought it was the 1800s <laughs> and I was like, hmm, transgender, transgender male in the 1800s. Okay. <laughs> You're like, this is way ahead of the curve. Yeah, that, that's, I'm- yeah, like, but, and I was like, okay. I dig it. Like I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, and then in 2010, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> but but does it? Yeah, because they were still in the same still, kind yeah. of environment. Mm. Yeah, and like, no, how would they kind of know about that? Like, especially which, which, considering what the education and the Bible, which, which is why I think it's fascinating because mm. I don't think Melvin knew about it. Yeah, I think they just made the decision. Like, they just in their mind were like, nope. I'm not going to be a girl anymore. Yeah, because it's not how I feel. This is not how I feel. This is not me, which is why it's so fascinating because they wouldn't have had any, no way to access that there was a thing like that that existed outside of just them, that Mm. there was a community about it. Like it was beautiful to me because it was clearly such just an internal thing Mm. with no external pressures or influences outside of the fact that they had been abused and that probably contributed to yeah if they already didn't feel like a woman and then being abused in that way mm. i and then mm. i think the movie smartly does say he'd always felt that way oh yeah yeah i think that yeah. it's very smart to not say to not imply transgender is because of abu- of abuse i think it's right. very inter- it's smartly not handled that way i read it as that pushed them to to do it because they felt violated in a way that they didn't even think like they didn't feel like a woman and then they were violated Mm -hmm. as a woman Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like that was probably just again a not a cause of it Mm. but like a breaking point i can't do this anymore Mm. like i already didn't feel like a woman and now this is just yeah. Which I just thought it was really interesting because mm. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But I also thought it was really interesting that they have him, except for around the children, just refuse to talk to anyone. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but that's also, I, I, I thought it was very well done that it's not that he's, he's refusing. They're refusing to call him by his name. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then that's and I think as soon end. as he, as soon as they call him by his name, he talks. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, um, I'll talk. And then Claire Foy starts screaming and he goes, nope, not talking anymore. But like, Which, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but I think that that was. And, and I think that very also, well handled. I think that implies that the children are more than willing to just be like, oh, your name's Melvin? Yeah. Now? Cool. Yeah. Because kids just don't yeah, give a shit. That, yeah. Which also, again, <laughs> plays into the thing of like. This is the, learned behavior. This is learned yeah. behavior. Yeah. yeah. The, really freaking good movie, guys. Yeah. Really, good really shit. good movie. Good shit. Really good movie. Um, I'm so mad. I'm so mad now. <laughs> Looking at the at the Oscar race, this should have been. This should have been. Look, in more- I think the same thing that happened to Babylon happened to this. Yeah. The release date made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Why? Why, Why would you release it then? You release this on Christmas Day, Espe- like, especially this one that already had the hype that Babylon didn't have. Yeah, like this was one of the first films I heard people talking about yeah. at the very beginning of the Oscar this, race. This should have been a, a like, mid-November limited release. I for this for this film, I don't understand the limited release, especially yeah. when you're doing that in December. Yeah, how is your wide release 
January, February. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Who who is giving these people these jobs? What is happening? <laughs> well, anyway, that's anyway. the end of my rant on that. <laughs> uh, all right. Any final thoughts? said everything i need to say mm, mm. i'm not prepared when we do our best picture rewatch before yeah i don't know if i, <laughs> I don't, do that again i, I yep <laughs> i mean that for very different reasons that and avatar i don't know if i want to watch again <laughs> between this oh, and, and all quiet on the western front yeah damn, I damn. we've got yep there's some movies yep there's, there's yep some, there are movies mm-hmm but uh, as, I, as I said in the car coming home, this just solidified. This is one of the best, best picture lineups we've oh, ever yeah. had. Easily. Like, yeah. there's, yeah. like, uh, like when Avatar The Way of Water is your worst movie, like, yeah. wow. And that's, not, and that's not, not even a slight on Avatar. Like, as someone who really loved Avatar, that's yeah. just. No, it's. That's, yeah. I know. Like, half of them are five-star movies for me. It's like, when does that happen? Yeah, yeah like... Especially when there are ten of them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm just looking at, like, you know, like, Avatar. The only ones that aren't four stars for me and is really is Elvis. It's the yeah, only but that's because non- you're Baz but, but, but no, but, like, yeah. and I understand that I'm lower on Elvis than most people, so I can acknowledge that, and that's why I said Avatar's the quote-unquote worst one, even though it's not. But, like, yeah. yeah. Now, the the this and, like, anyone who's saying that last year's was better, I will fight you. Last Absolutely year, last not. year had last year I, had uh, be, uh, don't look up. So. I will fight yeah, you yeah. literally. Yeah, last year had but don't look up. Um, Absolutely not. Twenty 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 is a twenty twenty is a good one, but the the problem is that there's no movies that came out in twenty twenty. So yeah, it's, it's, they did the best they could. Yeah, that's um, like one of when you get one of those stars that's like, congrats, you tried. Yeah, and then the twenty nineteen one has Joker. So so we just we that one's not allowed. <laughs> Yeah, but from this year, like, All Quiet on the Western Front, I gave, like, three stars, but that's just because me with more movies. But, like, yeah. if I watched that again through a different lens, I probably, it would be, like, four or five yeah. stars. Yeah. It's it's a great lineup. And anyone saying differently needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it is. I, this is. This is a brilliant lineup, and I'm actually really excited for the Oscars now. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, should wow. be good. Yeah. I mean, besides, like, the broadcast, which they always fail Ugh. with, but we'll, we'll yeah. see how that goes. Oh, but with yeah. the awards alone... Great. Look, as long as they don't do, which they better not. We've said they've said they're not going to. But as long as they never pull that shit again, where they're like, we're going to give out important awards before the broadcast even happens Mm -hmm. while people are still walking the red carpet. Yeah, that was some freaking nonsense. Yeah, no, they they, to their credit, they're saying we ain't doing that again because that was stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Taylor, where can they find you online? People can find me crying about the Phoenix Suns on Twitter at finally tailored. <laughs> People can find me um, on Instagram and Letterbox and Tumblr, also at finally tailored. Pretty much anywhere on the internet at finally tailored is probably me, most likely, like ninety percent <laughs> chance. It's kind of the same profile picture too. So yeah, it's, it's so you'll figure it out. <laughs> I do love how you you ace and like 
three other Phoenix Suns fans of the year. Like, like Phoenix Suns fans are devastated that K- that you had to, that KD's come because of the cost that yeah. it took. Whereas in everyone else is sitting there just like you got KD. You make you, that trade no matter. You know yeah. how many people have messaged me specifically or messaged you for yeah. me to be like, I heard the news about the Suns. Is Taylor still functioning? As a- I'm glad that people know me well enough to know I need my mo- emotional well-being to be checked up on when that happens. Yeah. So anyway. I love how Elena's like, who the fuck's KD? <laughs> yeah. Listen, talk to me when the net falls off. Listen, don't get yourself involved I've, because it's a lot. There's a lot. It's fine. I'm fine. We're fine. Sure. I definitely didn't almost burst into tears bra shopping in public as all of this was going down on Twitter. So it's fine. Anyway. Where, where can they find you online? Find me. Talking. Not talking about sports until netball starts in March, I think. Anyway. Um, Twitter and TikTok at Laney Film and Instagram and Letterbox at Elena Violet and all of us at Lights on the Screen on Instagram. And you guys can find me everywhere, uh, especially on Monday, talking the Super Bowl at Jacob Blunden on Twitter and Letterbox and everywhere else. And on my podcast, on my sports podcast, uh, Left Side, Strong Side on the Notorious by Chance YouTube channel, where we will be talking about the Super Bowl this Tuesday. And where you regularly get roasted for your takes. Yes. Like on here, too. It's just like a <laughs> theme, huh? Oh, no. The, oh, last week's was bad. Last week. La- <laughs> if there chan- are any sports fans listening, just go check it out. Yeah. Because last week, you, la- you last had week, some. Uh- yeah. Uh, my, my, my buddy grabbed a montage and played them because. Of all his bad takes. Yeah, because I, the, the two teams in the Super Bowl, I basically wrote off about four weeks ago. And yeah, he's just gone. He went all in and now he has a montage. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, which we should probably do for this podcast. We probably as well. should. All right, guys, until next week. Next week, uh, be, yeah, we've got the big one. We've got a big one. Ant- Ant- well, it's Ant- a small Man one. Good well, Wisconsin. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. We will be talking about that. Uh, and that's really a battle we're going to be talking about. It's going to be a so big episode. It is. So get ready, everyone. <laughs> Until then, guys, this has been the Lights on the Screen podcast. Thank you so much for listening.